Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Wednesday and that means tonight was AEW Dynamite. Now, Dynamite had some good wrestling, but to me, the rest of the show was kind of just meh. I'm going to be completely honest. Like there were some really good matches on the show. The main event match was good. That the opening match with Claudio and Orange Cassidy was good. We had um other good matches on the show as well. The six-man tag team match with the Mogul Embassy and um, the Elite. Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho versus 2.0 was really good. So it's like we got a lot of good matches on the show. But then the rest of the show bored me. Didn't interest me really much at all, if I'm going to be completely honest. Like all the MJFs looking for partners. And then, boom, there's the acclaimed and daddy ass. Pick us, pick us. And he kept saying no, and then keeps saying no, keeps saying no stuff. Really didn't do it for me at all. Because then at the end, it's just, oh, it's the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. Whoopee! It did nothing for me. Like, that was kind of more of a lit down than anything. That we got a whole show-long storyline. I'm usually a big proponent of show-long storylines. We got a big show-long storyline the A played off or played out how we thought it would, and B just pretty dumb in general. But as far as all that goes, like I said, okay show at eh, best, but a show that had really good wrestling. And I want to read a, a tweet. Hold on, this one's from Brian Rose. Basically, he's he's thinking the same thing I am. Um, blah, 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 blah. let me see if I can find it really fast. He said, "Can you like a? Can you like the wrestling show on a? Can you, let me repeat that." He said, "Can you like the wrestling on a show, but not like one segment? One single segment, actually, is what he says." And it's like, "Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Didn't care for any of the segments, like that opening segment with the Adam, the Adam Cole. I hate." The Adam Cole, Roderick Strong stuff. It's the dumbest to me. I'm going to say that right now. So, a lot of things I didn't like, a lot of things I did like. But before we get going, I'm going to uh, turn my fan on because it is getting a little warm in here. And then we'll get going. Yeah. With that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited YouTube. Dot com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, it doesn't just have to be your Amazon Prime account, it can be anybody's Amazon Prime account, whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your auntie, your uncle, anybody, the mailman, the mail lady. The male carrier, actually, we should say. The dog walker. The guy or girl that changed your tires for you at, at 
Walmart this past weekend, the one that rotated them and then changed your oil as well. They're like, hey, you got Amazon Prime? Can I link it to my Twitch so I can support a great creator? Go for it. Even if you're not supporting me, support somebody with your Amazon Prime subscription. I know a lot of people are signing up for Amazon Prime right now to get them sweet, sweet holiday deals. Also remember, head over to YouTube, become a channel member, just like Daniel Molinax did. Hit that join button and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right here. Unlimited at checkout and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, get a new game like Alan Wake 2. Get an old game like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Claim the free games, which are good for the rest of the day. Tandem, A Tale of Shadows, and The Evil Within 2. Or get bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys. Remember, Fortnite, they got a new season coming like in two days, and it's going to be big. It's Fortnite OG. The new season is OG. They're going back to Chapter 1. We're getting a lot of cool stuff with this. You're going to want to get some points and bucks and whatever it's called. Use this code right here, PWUnlimited, at checkout on your PlayStation, your Xbox, your Nintendo Switch, your PC, or even your mobile device for all your Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. But with that, we got AEW Dynamite to talk about. Again, I want to say thank you to Daniel Molnax, who resubbed as a channel member. Thank you for that. Even if you subscribe at the $1 tier, it's a dollar and it supports us. And it helps keep the lights on. <clears throat> also, I do want to say starting maybe a little bit in December, but going into 2024, we will have more content that's going to be exclusive or early access for members and Patreon subscribers as well. That is one of my goals for next year to create more exclusive content or early access content that will go out to subscribers as far as on Patreon or as YouTube channel members. One of the things I'm going to start doing more of, and here's a little tease, is my history videos. Those went over well in the past. I did one on the Bullet Club. I did one on uh, Broken Matt Hardy, the history of that. The next one that's going to come out, I want to say it's going to be this month, in the month of November, is going to be a full retrospective look back at Adam Copeland or Edge's final run in WWE when he returned at the Royal Rumble, even a little before that, and the rumblings and him spearing Elias at SummerSlam all the way up to when he had his final match back this past August against Sheamus. We're going to take a retrospective look back at that. So that video will be going up. Hopefully I can get it done by next week. It will go up early for Patreon and um, YouTube channel members. And then it will go about, I think I'm going to do like a week early for channel members and Patreon subscribers. And then everybody else will get it following that. So It'd be really cool. And then I have some other video ideas and content ideas for channel members and Patreon subscribers that I'm working on as well. But as far as Dynamite does go, the show opened up with Tony Schiavone, or actually a recap of the last week of Dynamite and Collision and main events showing all the different things that have happened. And then we go backstage to Renee Paquette standing by with MJF. Paquette asked about MJF finding three partners tonight despite having many enemies. MJF made a list of the AEW roster and wants to find three people that aren't, well, a-holes. MJF then says, but I got somebody I want to talk to about this via video call. 
And Adam screens on, or Adam Cole's on the screen. Like Adam hasn't shaved in a while. His uh, beard's sticking, sticking out. And he's from home. He congratulates Max on becoming the longest reigning AEW champion. He says, you are the greatest AEW world champion of all time. And my question that I propose to you guys, the question that I propose to you guys, this is an interesting one for me. Can you call somebody the greatest AEW world champion of all time when they don't even have their belt? You might be the champion but you don't even have your belt. I want to know from you guys. Is he the greatest champion? He's a great champion. I will say that. He is the longest reigning AEW world champion. But even despite the whole, he doesn't have his belt thing. I still think Kenny Omega's reign was better so far. I want to know your thoughts. But with that, so they're talking back and forth, and all of a sudden, yeah, well, first Adam Cole goes, you know, I think Samoa Joe would be somebody that you should take up on his offer. And then we hear, Adam! Adam! And in come Roderick Strong and his goobs, the kingdom. They come rolling, strolling in, saying that it was Root of Max to walk off mid-conversation mid to Adam Cole. And Roddy tries to say something else. Cole's like, yeah, I'm over this. And ends the call. Roddy gets a little upset. And then the screen goes black. The, the devil appears. And then we cut to the open of Dynamite. So it's like, they've been doing this. At the end of MJF backstage interview segments. The devil appears on the screen. Is it MJF? Is it, I don't know. The going consensus online is people think it's Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Some people think that it's going to be CM Punk and he's not really fired. And some people think maybe it's Britt Baker after she was devil, devil in the Doja Cat video today. Also, thank you to Killjoy Army for subscribing as a channel member. Really do appreciate that. So, we still don't know who the devil is. Excalibur welcomes us to the show alongside Tony Schiavone and Taz. And we go into our first match, Orange Cassidy versus Claudio Castagnoli for the AEW International Championship. And before I get on my high horse later about bullshit and title opportunities, I do want to tell you why I think Claudio deserves this shot. So most of you are going to go, Kim, your whole thing usually is he didn't earn it. She didn't earn it. They didn't earn it. So how did Claudio earn this if he didn't win a number one contenders match? Simple. He pinned the champion. Last week in the main event, in the tag team match, Claudio pinned Orange Cassidy. Claudio pinned the champion. The international champion. Which means, hey, I've technically beat the champion. Now, if he would have pinned Okada, I would have said no. No, 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 no. But he pinned Orange. Which in turn says, hey, you've beaten the champion at least once, even though it was in tag team action. You still pinned the guy. Also, interestingly, at one point, Wheeler Yuta was at ringside. At one point, Hook was at ringside. And then they told us, Chuck Taylor ain't here because he's injured. Another gut dang AEW injury. And then they just said, oh, and by the way, Trent Beretta is not here either. But no info on the Chuck Taylor injury. But apparently, Chuck Taylor's injured. The match itself was really good. Exactly what you would have expected. And then a pretty dang good post-match segment. To set a couple of things up. Well... 
Not a couple, but one big thing. Actually, it told us a couple of things, I will say. Told us a couple of things. So Cassidy tried to quit Casadora, but Claudio just used his power to slam uh, Orange to the mat, using his size and strength early on to take the advantage. Claudio floated over, or Cassidy, I mean, floated over in the corner and tried a high crossbody, but Claudio caught him in a tilt world backbreaker into a gut buster. Cassidy then started playing mind games by constantly, by constantly rolling to the floor and trying to get away from Claudio Castagnoli, who grew angry over time, only for him to get posted by Cassidy. After a successful first dive, Claudio caught Cassidy on a second dive and hit a press slam onto the railing. Wheeler, Yuta, and Hook, who I didn't even notice were there at first, were shown to ringside, and that's when they said the thing about best friends not being there and Chuck Taylor's injury. Bryce Remsburg eventually booted them for getting too close to the action. Back inside the ring, Cassidy briefly escaped the superplex, but Claudio literally just pulled Cassidy up by his head, back into position, and hit a stalling suplex, uh, superplex into a commercial break. During the break, it was Claudio all in control. We see Hook and Wheeler had to be separated backstage, which was kind of weird. With Hook shoving AEW official Pat Buck and Excalibur said this got Hook ejected from the building. And perhaps, perhaps something more. So are they teasing that Hook may have just got himself suspended or fined? I mean, he put his hands on an official, so he should at least get fined, right? In 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 lore, canon, storyline, whatever you want to call it. Back in the ring, Cassidy managed to get his diving DDT to the floor, but his injured back did a lot of damage as he damaged himself. Uh, in the ring, Cassidy hit the Stun Dog Millionaire. Cassidy newly fought back with a giant swing, a sharpshooter, and then Cassidy shifted his weight to escape, so Cassidy newly transitioned into a crossface and a Rings of Saturn. Cassidy then rolled into a pin position, got a two off of it, but then Cassidy newly clobbered him with uppercuts into the anvil elbows. Claudio then wanted the neutralizer, but Cassidy crumbled as it was a ruse. Trying to go for another stun dog. But at this time, Claudio countered into a sleeper and then a giant swing. Cassidy did fade at one point, but put his hands in his pockets and nearly got the pin in the uh, out of the corner. Orange then hit the orange punch and the beach break connected, but Claudio wisely rolled to the outside, beating the count at nine to get back into the ring. Little kicks from Cassidy ramped up the action as we continue into a PK, penalty kick. Cassidy then missed an orange punch. Claudio Castagnoli missed a Rainmaker, allowing Cassidy to hit, a mul- hit multiple Revolution Tornado DDTs. Castagnoli nearly, nearly hit a pop-up uppercut, but Castagnoli stood on the, on the chest and hit a Hurricane Rana pin with his hands in his pocket for the flash win. So this is really cool. Like Claudio had him up for like a powerbomb, and then he like powered himself up, kicked off the chest of Claudio, did a Hurricane Rana, and bing, bang, boom, got the pin. So that's really cool. Really good opening match. So Orange Cassidy is in the ring. Claudio's kind of like dumbfounded that he lost. And about 10 seconds later, Boxley's music hits. Moxley heads down to the ring, gets in the ring. Camera's looking at Claudio. We look back over and Moxley's just on top of Orange. Just Ah, pitbulling him, just beating the ever-loving dog piss out of Orange Cassidy. So, 
Security guards hit the ring, but are promptly beaten up by Moxley and Claudio. Finally, Cassidy newly had to pull Moxley off of Cassidy, and Moxley stormed his way to the back. You see MJF backstage. He knocks on Kenny Omega's dressing room, and or locker room, which, interestingly, this should have been something else that Matt Jackson was mad about later. It said, Kenny Omega on the dressing room or locker room door, not the elite. Because as we learn later, Matt Jackson said, this is our locker room. Why are you bringing this guy into our locker room? No, it's, as we saw on the screen, on the door, it's Kenny's locker room, not the elite's locker room. Where's the tension there, Matt Jackson? Anyways, Chris Jericho opens the door, smiles, and slams it right in Max's face. MJF goes to walk away when Wardlow appears, grabs him by the throat, and shoves him up against the wall. Um, he said that you took everything from me, and I'm going to take everything from you. Wardlow then leaves as MJF slams down his clipboard and goes to walk off, and then they claim appear from around the corner, and they're like, Scissor? Scissor? Us? And Max is like, no! And he walks off. And this is when I go, oh, he's picking the acclaimed, and we're going to have to figure this out all through the show, and this is going to be dumb. Like I, I knew it right from the start right here. Everyone's going to reject him, and all he's going to have left is the acclaimed, or the only ones that he's going to want or can tolerate. Because he almost got Jeff Jarrett, Satin, and Singh, and Jay Lethal, but then he didn't want them. Anyways, John Moxley's backstage going nuts, talking about how Ray Phoenix kamikaze himself and injured him. And Orange Cassidy was there to pick up the pieces. Moxley showed Cassidy respect when no one else would. But, like everyone else, Cassidy wrote Moxley off. Maybe this is about something else. And Cassidy is just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But at full gear, he's going to win back the title and beat Cassidy within an inch of his life. Good fiery promo from John Moxley. But it's just another John Moxley promo. Nothing special. Just another one of those... I'm going to walk around, and I'm going to hit something, and I'm going to be mad, and I'm going to say, yeah, I'll beat you, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. Moxley versus Orange for the International Championship of Full Gear, which was always originally the plan, but with Mox as the champ and Orange as the challenger. Then we had the Mogul Embassy challenging the Elite for the ROH six-man tag team titles. This match was actually kind of quick and, and dirty, and it really was... Not for anything more than to, I guess you could say, build up Swerve and Hangman. Or build up more Swerve and Hangman. Also, Matt Jackson, as we see post-match here and later, had a pretty big meltdown. The page was relentless on his attack on all members of the embassy early on, as he has revenge on his mind following Swerve Strickland's home invasion last week. Now, here's the thing. Swerve and Prince Nana broke in to Hangman's house and we're supposed to think we're in Hangman's baby's room while the baby was in the crib, and he was looking down at the baby in the crib. Where was the wife? Where was old mama? She was nowhere to be seen. She leave the baby home alone? Was she in the other room, and they were so sneaky sneaky like the guy from Mr. Deeds that she didn't hear them? That's my question. Where was mom? Or were we to believe the baby was never actually in the crib and they're just showing what they could do? So, 
far as the match does go. The Bucks made the save at one point, and the numbers became too much and hit a trifecta of slingshot dives onto the floor. Back inside the ring, Khan was backed up into the corner and suffered a locomotion charging strikes. But before Nick hit an assisted swanton off the top, crushing Khan in a picture in picture. Also, PBS did a better job of showing us more picture-in-picture this week. Like, we still got some where all of a sudden it cuts away, or it's like, your show is in commercial, we'll be back soon. But we saw, I felt like, more picture-in-picture on the TBS app slash website this week than we normally do. Didn't see control during the break, but Paige made a comeback right when we returned. We're in a wild on everybody. Right as Paige was looking for a buckshot, we hear Swerve Strickland on the stage with Prince Nana asking, Whose house? And said, last week, he was at Paige's house. Paige then tagged in Nick and sprinted up the ramp at Strickland and Nana as the Bucks are left in the ring all by themselves, handicapped style. Paige then hit a suplex from the apron. The numbers were too much for Matt, who was flattened with a double spine buster by Conan and Leon. Or Conan and Leon. Nick was then dropped with an assisted triple powerbomb. Double face buster and Khan pinned Nick to regain the ROH six man tag team titles. Now, also, I gotta say, you may ask, uh, why did they get a shot? They didn't earn it. Actually, they had a clause in the contract of when you lose the belt, you get one rematch. And Prince Nana said on social media today, we're invoking the rematch. <laughs> I like this one. The Mad Viking says, the mom was with Christian. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Already? Wait. It's just... Hold on. Breaking news. They killed the Diamondbacks that bad that it only had to go to four games? No, five games. Really? Hold on. Oh, snap. And the Rangers won today 5-0. Damn. They won 4-1 in the series. They killed them 5-0 tonight. Congratulations. Texas Rangers, our new Major League Baseball champions. World Series winners. When's the last time the Texas Rangers won a World Series? I know we're going off topic for a second. When's the last time the Texas Rangers won a World Series? It had to be a while. Because they've only won like, oh, this is the first time. Okay, so I knew they had made it to the World Series a couple of times. I didn't know this was the first time they've ever won. Interesting. First time champions. Congratulations. Congratulations does go out to the Texas Rangers winning their very first world championship. Yeah, because they won the AL, the pennant in the AL, 2010, 2011, and then this year. I remembered 2010 and 11, but I wasn't sure if there was any other times that they'd won. So cool. Really cool. So backstage, we see Paige and Strickland brawling. And they had to be separated by a ton of security as we go back to the ring where the Bucks are left alone. Matt Jackson snaps and tears apart the ringside table, slamming a chair against the ring post before we go to break. Kind of like Chris Jericho freaking out and turning heel in WCW. So uh, are we getting a, a Bucks heel turn? Because they flip out, or at least Matt flips out on Kenny later. MJF is walking backstage again. He comes to Samoa Joe's dressing room 
but for some reason passes it. So he didn't even ask Joe, even though Joe told him, I'll be your partner. He didn't even ask. He then approaches Darby Allen's dressing room. It's like Darby gets his own dressing room. Out of all the people, Darby? You think maybe the sign would say Sting and Darby's just in there. He doesn't ask Darby either, though. He grabs the sign off the door. Puts X through the words Darby Allen and writes emo bitch. MJF laps and walks away when they're... He acclaimed and daddy ass. They have a sign that says, pick us. MJF, pick us. Max ignores it. And then Bowens yells, damn it, Max. Tony Schiavone's then in the ring and introduces the rated R superstar, Adam Copeland. Adam Copeland comes out to a big ovation from the crowd in where were they, Louisville, Kentucky tonight, I want to say. Were we in Louisville? Yeah, Louisville. Louisville, Kentucky. So, he comes out, and this was nothing happening segment, just announcing what we already know was going to happen. He's going to be Sting and Darby's partner in the six-man at the tag, at, or at the pay-per-view. So, Tony Schiavone, who Calibur called the, or he, he, he introduces the Radar Superstar, who as Calibur calls the rated PG-13 Superstar, Copeland put over Schiavone, which got a ton of uh, Tony Schiavone chant, something that was hilariously repulsed by Taz. Copeland said last week, Sting, someone he respects, massively got in his face with Darby Allen, the future of AEW. Before Copeland could give his answer to being their partner at full gear, Christian Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne would interrupt. Excuse me. Kay says he's going to retire Sting at full gear, whether he likes it or not. We haven't seen Allen around a lot lately since Cage dumped him on his arm at Wrestle Dream. Cage brought up Copeland's neck problems and said if Copeland accepts the match, Cage would snap his neck, leaving his kids to wipe the drool from his face. And I'm like, oh, damn, he's really going deep into this one. And so, uh, where was I? Cage told Luchasaurus and Wayne to give him a preview as they hit the ring. And Copeland got the upper hand, but when it came time to go face-to-face with Cage, well, Copeland couldn't pull the trigger. This allowed Luchasaurus to hit a lariat from the back and hit him in the back of the neck. Wayne then hit a Wayne's World. Cage was about to give a concerto when Sting made the save and wasted Wayne on the stage. Allen then sprinted down to the ring and beat down Cage as Luchasaurus was dropped by Copeland. Cage turned the tide on Allen, but turned around and boom! Spear by Copeland, who officially accepted the match. So he will be the partner of Sting and Darby Allen at the pay-per-view full gear. This was all right. It was kind of just like, meh. Then what really was, meh, was this Tony Khan worldwide important enough, man. So basically, Tony Khan and Nigel McGinnis announce that you can get into the pre-sale Buy tickets for a show that isn't happening for December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. Nine months. You can buy tickets starting December 1st to a show nine months from now. Now, I get it. WWE puts WrestleMania tickets on sale over November 6th. April 7th, six, seven months in advance. But they don't hype up a segment on their show just to announce, hey, WrestleMania tickets go on sale this day. 
basically, we get a match or a segment on Raw, and then they cut to Michael Cole going, by the way, next year's WrestleMania is taking place in Philadelphia, and if you want to be there, watch this. Then they play a little video, and it's like 30 seconds, and we're done. Tickets on sale this day, this day, this day for WrestleMania. Never using it as a tactic to get people to watch the show when saying, I have an important announcement. And then Tony goes, also, Christmas trees are going up all over the world right now, and this would be a great gift to put under the tree for somebody. What the what? I'd be mad if I got tickets to a show that I had to wait eight months to go see. If my Christmas gift was, here's something you can't use for eight months, I'd kind of be a little peeved, a little perturbed. Also, how is this worldwide? This is something for the world. I get it. You're hoping people fly in from all over the world to go to this show like they did last year. But we saw last year's show. It was a really good show. But I don't think you're going to, A, get that many people again, and B, get that many fly-ins again. It's not WrestleMania, guy. But yeah. Basically, they said go to ticketmaster.co.uk slash AEW Wembley 2024 to sign up for the pre-sale that starts on December 1st. So we'll see how this actually does go, if there's the same interest or not. But I think Jimmy Van of Fightful put this the best. It's the boy that cried wolf. You have too many announcements that the majority aren't going to care about. And now when you say I got an announcement, the majority is not going to care. When you hype up the day before, major announcement, important announcement, big announcement. We're not really going to care about that announcement because the only one that's ever actually meant anything was I bought Ring of Honor. And it meant something at first, but it honestly doesn't mean anything anymore. It means, hey, I bought a bunch of championships that I can use on my show. Because what is AEW or Ring of Honor now? Your developmental brand that you don't even barely promote you don't barely ever even put out for us to watch. We got to have behind a subscription, a paywall. At least WWE's developmental brand is on TV now. Or before, when it was on their website for free. Yeah, I got put behind the WWE Network, and you had to pay $9.99 at one point to watch it. But there was a point when they first started NXT the brand, and not NXT the game show. You could watch it for free on their website, WWE.com. Now it's Included in your cable subscription. But yeah. I'm not a big fan of, we got major announcements that lead to nothing. At least when they said Triple H was coming to SmackDown recently to make a big announcement, he did make a big announcement. We have general managers now running these shows. We got one guy in Nick Aldis running SmackDown, and Adam Pearce is exclusively running Raw. That was a big major announcement, because story-wise, that changes a lot of things. It really does. What does this really do that's that important? Oh, tickets go on sale December 1st. Do we really think that you're going to have to get in early on these tickets to get a good seat or to get a seat? Because as we saw last year, they sold well, but they sold well over time, not all at once. So yeah, a little bit of a lit down the way they hyped this up. Then we had Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, the Golden Jets, as they call themselves, taking on 2.0, Matt Menard and Angela Parker with Jake Hager. Jake Hager with them, not Chris Jericho. Um, The Mad Viking says, that's what social media is, and we know TK knows how to use Twitter. (laughs) So, no, no, no. I'm not saying don't announce this on the show, but don't 
announce the announcement as a way to try to hype up and get people to watch the show. Because then the most most fans are going to be let down. Because, yeah, you're going to get, what, 800,000 people watching the show, maybe 900,000 people watching the show. And only, not even 20% of them are going to go to All In or even are interested in when All In tickets go on sale. Last year, they did 80,000. So let's do the math right here. If, say, how many people watched Dynamite last week? Let, let's do some math. So, if, let's see. If 774, 774,000 people watched Dynamite last week, and 80,000 of them want to go to All In, Or that is yeah, 10% of the watching audience. So the majority of the people watching Dynamite just in the United States alone are not going to care for the most part. Most likely are not going to care. That's like back in the day when Kenny, or no, Kenny, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks would always hype up, big announcement coming Monday. Huge announcement coming Monday, and then it was like, oh, we're coming to Boston, Massachusetts. We're coming to Penn State University for a show. And then Tony apparently, reportedly, had to tell them, hey, stop hyping up the ticket sale stuff so big because that's only serving a small amount of the audience. And we don't want to hype up the whole audience and then bring them right back down when it's like, oh, that's something that doesn't affect us and only affects those people in that state and that city. That's what Tony did tonight. So, I'm not sure. Just a little bit of a, putting expectations too high on things. But as far as this tag team match does go, that was a good quick win for the Golden Jets. Non Callis family with new, new member Kyle Fletcher joined commentary. Matt Menard and Angela Parker. Parked at Jericho right away, saying Jericho didn't didn't know what he had, and then they attacked him. Jericho fought back and tagged in Omega as they hit a double suplex and a shoulder tackle into a commercial break. Menard and Parker got the upper hand during the picture-in-picture, but Omega made the hot tag to Jericho when things returned. He ran wild before Parker was locked in a lion tamer. Menard tried to cut it off, but suffered a springboard dropkick as a result. Omega connected on a snapdragon as Hager jumped on the apron, but had a V-trigger, and Omega... An Omega dive for his troubles. Then Aubrey got distracted. Menard then clocked Jericho with the baseball bat, but Parker got only a two off of it. Menard wanted Parker to use the bat, but a slight delay allowed Jericho to duck the shot. He hit the Judas effect and picked up the victory. Man, AEW refs suck, as we're going to talk about with this main event. That referee sucked. So yeah, post-match, Don Callis comes down, and he's like, hey... We want to make a challenge. My four guys, because I guess Guevara's cleared, or they hope he's going to be cleared by the pay-per-view, against you two and some other people in a street fight. And I got this wrong earlier. I heard it wrong. This isn't even for the pay-per-view. This is for a match on Dynamite. Like, what? Let me double-check that. Hold on. Let me double-check that, because I think... This is for a dynamite match, not even at the pay-per-view. 
Give me one second really fast. I'm going to double check when this match is actually taking place. Also, Swerve Strickland Hangman Page has officially been announced for um, Full Gear. Yeah, this eight-man street fight is taking place. Wait, what? Rampage? Hold on. Hold on. Give me one quick second here. Let me read this really fast. Um... Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Dynamite, dynamite. It's taking place on dynamite. I read that wrong. It's taking place on dynamite. So, Don Callis is challenging them, and he's like, well, it's only you two, and I got four. And they're like, well, first off, we got a man who's always going to have our pack. Kota Ibushi. Ibushi is always primed and ready to go. He's like, well, you're still outnumbered three to four. And Jericho goes, yeah, well, you got Hobbs. He might be big, but he's no giant. And my friend, he's a giant. And then out, oh, 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 comes Paul White, who barely take three steps. Kyle Fletcher then runs at him, and he just goes, oh, boom, knocks out Kyle Fletcher. Doesn't move, doesn't even shift his body weight, just boom. Kyle Fletcher basically runs into his hand, and my thought is, can Paul White even freaking barely walk or what? Anywho. Match is set for the November 15th Dynamite in two weeks. It's going to be, uh, I guess, Sammy Guevara. No. Yeah. Sammy Guevara, Kyle Fletcher, Powerhouse Hobbs, Konosuke Takeshita against Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Konosuke, or no, Kota Ibushi, and no more BS Paul White. Goes back into his old uh, Big Show gear. And not that whatever bodysuit he was wearing in his couple of AEW matches. So, Paul White knocks out Kyle Fletcher and the rest of them retreat. Renee Paquette is backstage. And Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho's dressing room after a break. The Bucks are seen behind them. Jericho was about to talk about the upcoming match we just learned about when Matt Jackson would interrupt. Matt was like, what the hell's going on here, Kenny? Why did the elite even get back together if we're not even doing things as the elite? Hangman's running off on us. You doing stuff with Jericho? Don't even get me started on that. Why is he in our locker room? Remember what he did to our father a couple years ago? Like, what is all, what is going on, Kenny? And first off, again, Matt should go check the door. It doesn't say the elite on that door. It says Kenny Omega. Matt said he never forgot what Jericho did to their father and said Jericho will screw Omega just like Don Callis did. Then the Bucks leave. Nick never says a word. And then kind of Omega and Jericho look at each other like, what, what was that all about? So, eh, it's whatever. You know what else was whatever? Will Nightingale getting a gut. Dang title shot when she doesn't even deserve it. So here's my question. Here's my thing. Let, let, let me rant for a second. Take you back. What was this? Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Five days. Take you back five days. AEW Rampage airs on TNT at 10 p.m. And we get a four-way. It's Willow Nightingale, Sky Blue, Anna J, Abaddon. 
winner of this match is supposed to go on and challenge Akara Shida on collision for the championship. Okay, who wins that match? Abaddon. Abaddon then goes on the next night, collision, in a Halloween street fight, and gets the shot. Loses, Shida retains the title. Cool, okay, whatever. Then, yesterday, AEW announces, this week on AEW Dynamite, Willow Nightingale will be getting a title shot against Hikaru Shida. So, losing the number one contenders match also grants you a number one contender spot? Now, if that's the case, then I need to see, and I don't know, I didn't see what was announced for Rampage. So before I go on my high horse here, let me see what was announced for Rampage. Hold on. Give me one second to go to Twitter and see what was announced for Rampage before I say anything more. I don't see what was announced for Rampage. What the, what? Hold on. That was announced for Rampage. Did they not announce anything for Rampage? Hold on. What was announced for Rampage? I know I saw something for Kali Okay, there's a triple threat match. Vikingo, Penta, Commander. Here we go. Vikingo, Penta, Commander. Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel against the Guns. Sky Blue versus Marina Shafir. Trent Beretta versus Daniel Garcia. And then I think they announced Swerve and AR Fox for Collision. Okay, so I can go on my high horse. Okay, here's the thing. Here is the thing. If Loser Willow gets a shot tonight, we know we know she is not defending the title on Friday. So Saturday, she should be defending that title against either Sky Blue or Anna J. And then next week, she should be defending that title against Sky Blue or Anna J. Whoever didn't get because if Willow is gonna lose the match and still get a title shot, then in all fairness, Anna J and Sky Blue should be getting title shots as well that they didn't earn. That they didn't earn. This was dumb. I'm a huge Willow Nightingale fan. Nothing against Willow, but Tony Khan, this makes no sense at all. No sense whatsoever that the loser of a number one contenders match, and it's not that, oh, she got another win after that and earned this. No. The last match Willow was in was a number one contenders match she lost. And the next match she gets is for the belt. How does that make any sense? How does that make any sense at all? As far as the match does go, after some early signs of respect, Nightingale showed off her power with a shoulder tackle and a low cross body for her two. She'd have fought back with a running knee in the corner, but was caught by Nightingale, who tried a standing switch, but was sent to the floor, where she'd have met her with a diving crossbody into a commercial break. She'd have got the two off of a uh, back suplex from the break, Followed this up with a charging corner boot. Nightingale then hit a cartwheel off of a whip attempt into an enziguri and a high big boot of her own. Nightingale then connected with a perfect spine buster. But both ladies started a little slugfest with some elbows and so forth. And then something Nightingale kind of won, but then really didn't lead to nothing. Both then traded drop kicks off the second rope, leading to a double down spot. Cheetah was cut off into the corner as Nightingale wanted an avalanche DVD. But Cheetah turned it inside out and Avalanche Falcon Arrow and got a one-off of it. Uh, after some more hard strikes traded, 
Nightingale connected with the Pounce and a Death Valley driver for a close near fall. Nightingale wanted the Doctor Bomb, but Sheeta turned it into a Hurricane Rana. Nightingale then swung for the fences with a Lariat as Sheeta turned the pin into one of her own for a two, hit a knee strike before nailing the Katana and picking up the victory. There we go. Karshida does get the win. After the match, out comes Tony Storm. Timeless Tony Storm and her butler, Lutha. Not Luther, Lutha. But she comes out and she's doing her crazy, yeah, dancing on the, and she just says, screw this bitch. She runs up the stage. At one point, I guess Tony Storm fell on her butt. So Sheeta, now knees her right in the face. The two kind of rumble for a moment in black and white. Hopefully this match does not fully take place in black and white. And they fight to the back when the lights go out. Lights go come back on. Lights come back on. And Willow's in the ring looking up like, what the hell did I just watch there? Julia Hart's behind her. Willow finally turns around and goes, what the? Inside Sky Blue. Sky Blue gets between them. She gets kind of in the face of Julia Hart. Julia kind of goes like this. Sky Blue and turns around right into the face of Willow. Think, oh my God. She aligned with Julia. Is she going to turn on Will? Nope. She turns around and spits the mist right in Julia Hart's mouth. Like, not face, eyes, or any of that. Right in the mouth and neck. Julia Hart then runs off, retreats, and she's got blue on her, and there we go. So, yeah. Yes, they're leading up to Julia Hart versus Sky Blue. Is Sky Blue really turning heel like we thought? I don't know. This kind of seemed like no. We go to the back. MJF is once again approached by the acclaimed in Daddy Ass backstage. As Caster said, it looks like they're all out. He got nobody left. He hands him a trash bag. He's got gear in it for him. MGF looks in the bag and refused, saying, I have an option left. He turns around, and you got Karen Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, Satin M. Singh, Sanjay Dutt, and Jay Lethal there. And they're like, yeah, we'll be your partner, Max. Yeah, we'll fight in the main event. Let's go, let's go, let's go. MGF gives the trash bag one more look and kind of give it a little, I guess I got to go this route, route kind of look. So then we cut to Renee Paquette. She is with Roderick Strong in the kingdom. And they call Adam Cole. And they're like, Adam! And Adam Cole's like, hey, you don't have to yell. He's like, can you, can you, uh, what, how did he say it? He's basically, he was like, why didn't MJF pick us after we were so nice to him? He didn't even ask us to be his partners. And Cole was like, Roddy, enough! And he hung up on him. Strong was perturbed. Again, this Roderick Strong, I'm hurt with the neck thing, and I'm calling for Adam Cole all the time is dumb. Dum 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 diddly dum dum dum. Dum 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 diddly dum dum. Then we move in to our main event. Standard multi-man main event. The heels get to cheat, and the baby faces get stopped and screwed. Because, uh, referee here, every time this match broke down, he would grab one of the baby faces and be like, no! While the heels were all pounding away on the on one another, another baby face. At one point, it looked like Max, or all four of the baby faces, were going to scissor in the middle of the ring. And then Billy and the acclaimed dog got pulled out by the Bullet Club, and the referee... Right up on MJF. No, no, you're not going to go do anything. 
Well, it's four on three on the outside. These guys getting their asses beat. Then at one point, Max Caster is on the outside with, I think it was Juice. And Billy and, and um, Bowen's run over and the referee right in Billy. Like, no, no. And then they're double team stomping on freaking Caster. And then they back up. We didn't touch him. We didn't touch him. And the ref looks back at Billy. No, go back to your corner. It's like, what the hell, ref? You're dumb as shit. You're going to stop the baby faces from saving their buddy, their partner, from getting double, triple, quadruple teamed behind your back because you're the one distracting yourself, referee? I don't know what ref this was. Bryce Remsburg, maybe? I don't know. MJF was decked. Or decked out head to toe in pink. He had a scissor me shirt on, even a matching scarf. He refused the high five from Caster, though, at the bell. Crowd chanted, Happy birthday to Daddy Ass, who is 60 years old today. Happy birthday, old Billy Gunn. MJF charged at White, who cowered in the corner, as it was Robinson and Bowens who started things off. Also, uh, Billy out there looking like this is 60. He's got to be happy WWE, or AEW doesn't have a wellness policy. I'm going to say that. Billy's got to be happy that AEW ain't got a wellness policy because he can come out at 60 years old looking like that and being able to perform like that. Just saying. Um, so like I said, Robinson and Bowen started things off, but Daddy Ass and Austin made tags, and it was father-son squaring off in the ring. Austin tripped up his father and hit a little shake, rattle, and roll until Daddy Ass decked him and decked both of his sons, actually, and told all Bullet Club Gold, suck it! White made the tag and tried a little chop battle with Billy as White was chopped to the floor where BCG regrouped. They claimed that Daddy Ass wanted MJF to scissor them before the break, but he refused, and then this one thing kind of broke down. BCG isolated Bowens during a picture-in-picture picture until Colton missed a corner splash as Bowens tagged in Daddy Ass yet again before hitting the scissor me timbers. MJF was about to join in the scissoring, when the acclaimed and Daddy Ass were pulled out of the ring, Caster was then picked apart until finally Bowens and Daddy Ass had enough and tried to make the save. But then the referee, Bryce Remsburg, pushed him away and was like, no, you're not going to go save your guy. I'm going to let him get quadruple teamed. These AEW refs are dumb as shit. So, finally, Caster leapt for the MJF hot tag as White ran for his life. MJF was a house of fire on Robinson and the guns. The chase was on between MJF and Jay White as Austin and Colton ripped up MJF, or tripped up MJF and tried to go for the 310 to Yuma, which MJF fought out of and hit a DDT, followed by a kangaroo kick. He has the kangaroo kick, knocks them both out of the ring, does the kip up, he's like, yeah, I got the kangaroo kick, and then turns around, boom, Jay White grabs him, Blade Runner pins him one, two, three. I loved the finish here. I loved that Jay White didn't just get the win, but pinned MJF. Said, hey, I'm the dominant one here. I pinned you. You had a lapse in judgment there by celebrating a slight little maneuver, and that cost you the victory. I love that Jay White was the one that pinned MJF to win this match. So... Post-match, the Guns and Robinson brawl with the acclaimed and daddy ass, leaving White alone in the ring with MJF. White then had the title belt in hand, was about to hit MJF with it when Max Caster runs in and took, takes the shot 
for himself. He saves MJF from getting hit in the face with the, with the belt. Bullet Club Gold then bail when everybody else jumps in the ring. MJF just stares at everybody. Bowens, or no, not Bowens. Uh, Caster is still down, and then his hand comes up. So he's down, right? And all we see is... But, he asks for the scissor. MJF smacks his hand away. Billy then gets in his face and was like, he sacrificed himself for you. And you're going to treat him like that? Everything he's tried to do for you. And so Max backs himself up into the corner, pulls his hand back. The other three guys back into the corners and they scissor in the corner. Max then gets down and hugs MJF around the waist. Bowens looks at him like, oh, Max. Oh, Max. And there we go. That is the end of the show. Also, Max Caster did his rap and they bleeped out like five, six words. I don't know what he said, though. I don't know what he said because on TNT, they bleeped it. Or TBS, they bleeped it. Let me one second to see what's announced for... Okay, I have it right here. Four things announced for Rampage. Three things announced for Collision. As far as Rampage does go, a heel of Kingo will take on Pendel Zeromieto and take on Commander in a triple threat match. The Guns will take on the team of Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel. Marina Shafir will be going one-on-one with Sky Blue. And Trent Barreto will be taking on Daniel Garcia. So even though they told us Trent Barreto was not in the building tonight, this fucker was in the building because he's working the, the Rampage tapings. What the shit? far as collision goes, Darby Allen will be taking on Lance Archer. Like I said, shoulder elbow is fine. Bruce Strickland will be going one-on-one with A.R. Fox, and they claimed celebrate 69 days as AEW Trios champions. So that that is everything that has been announced for the next two shows within All Elite Wrestling. But with that, you know what I thought of tonight's Dynamite. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's AEW Dynamite. So let's refresh all the polls. A boop, scoot, and boogie. A boop, boop, boop. A boop, a little, 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 little. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 50% liked the show. 50% thought it was just all right. As far as the Twitter X poll does go, 44% liked the show. Ooh, that's low. 27% thought it was just all right, and 27% didn't like it. Woo. Ah. As far as the YouTube community poll does go, 58% liked the show. Kind of low, but not too low. 22% liked the show. No, 22% thought it was just all right. And 11, 19, let me read this again. 58% liked the show. 22% thought it was just all right. And 19% didn't like it. Some of the comments here. This person said 10 out of 10. Three great title matches and a fun main event. I wouldn't call that. I wouldn't call the trios or the six-man tag title match great because the way it ended. And I kind of wouldn't call Sheeta and Willow great. Call it good, but not great. This is great action and a nice curveball to the show. What curveball? What curveball? Tony Khan's huge announcement, a special Christmas gift. Okay, that's just a joke. Uh, Lots going on lately. Pretty mid-matches. We're okay, just random. The build to full gear is decent. This verse says, great to watch tonight's show, but it is like like payback show. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. And looking at the YouTube live poll, 57% liked the show. 28% thought it was just all right. And 
excuse me, 15% didn't like it. Put that guys on. Say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, App Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. With that, have a great night. I'm going to go stream some games over at Twitch.tv forward slash Timmy Buddy. We'll see you guys there in a little bit. Have a good night, and I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.